Good afternoon. I'm Rhonda Feynman, and today on Healthy Options, we're welcoming back vision therapist Rosemary Gadam-Gordon, who teaches people how to improve their vision. Rosemary Gadam-Gordon helped to develop techniques for people who worked on computers and smartphones to help relieve eye strain and back and neck strain. She joins us today to discuss the importance of eye health and how we can practice good hygiene for our eyes, especially at a time of increased usage of computers, smartphones, and everything else which demands our visual, visual attention, especially with uh, the, everything zooming and going on to uh, the COVID-19 adaptation. I think this is as timely as we could ever be. <laughs> Rosemary Gadam Gordon combines her training in orthoptics, the Bates Method, Gestalt Psychotherapy, Yoga, Educational Kinesiology, and Focusing and Self-Regulation Therapy to form a comprehensive approach to improving visual function. She has a diploma in orthoptics from Moorfields Eye Hospital in London, England, received a master's degree in vision therapy from Lesley College in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and studied Gestalt therapy, psychotherapy, and vision. Her thesis explored the application of psychophysical therapy on myopia or nearsightedness. Rosemary Gadam Gordon is a member of the Association of Vision Educators and a founding member of the Faculty for the Vision Educator Training Institute. She has taught classes in the US and Europe and now works with adults and children in her private practice in Elliott, Maine. Welcome back to Healthy Options, Rosemary Gadam Gordon. It's good to speak with you again and now see you. And we're doing Zoom, so we can start right there. Um, what does this all mean? What, how do we, how do we um, approach this in our new reality for the uh, 21st century, 2020 here in, in our world? It was very nice to be with you again, Rhonda. Thank you for inviting me. And I think the most important thing to think about when we're Zooming or using our smartphones is to stay aware of our body of the body and you know we could start with well let's see am I able to breathe easily in this position so do I have if I'm sitting do I have support for my back or can I sit upright can I breathe if I'm standing and I'm uh, got my smartphone in my hand if my head's all tilted down, I can't breathe well. So the thing is, one of the tricks is to hold the phone higher. So then the, the air can go up and down through the neck and all, uh, through all the tubes more easily. And also we're not, you know, tightening our neck as we look down. It's, it's unusual to do that. So, Anyway, it but that's the best way to do it, I think. Well, it does take practice. And I'm just sitting here as we do this, and I'm realizing, A, I'm, well, we'll get to this idea about staring. I'm staring right at you. And now I'm, uh, there's one thing, but the idea of just being grounded, you know, we get stuck or we're getting uh, interested in what's going on in front of us. And then when our, next thing you know, we're, we're slumping or, the idea of actually breathing is a, a huge, a huge um, learning curve, isn't it? <laughs> it is. We it's, think it's ob you think it's obvious, but it's not. Yes. No, I know it's not obvious. I, I took me years, and still I find myself, oh, I'm not breathing, <laughs> you know, very deeply, or maybe sometimes not at all. So I'm yes. I'm right in there with everybody else. You know. Uh, for those of you who've been listening to WERU, we did have um, at the beginning of March of 2020, and I, I don't know if these are archived, but we did do a five-minute segments for healthy options. And one of the things we did was a whole breathing meditation. So that could be helpful. I'll refer you to that. And then the second thing is we did some of the techniques that I have actually learned from Rosemary. And we'll add those in, maybe some of the palming, right? Rosemary, I'm going to... Uh, ask you. We're going to talk about that. So right now, everybody, take a moment. Are you grounded? Are you breathing? Do you have oxygen coming in as you're listening to this radio show? Yes. And are you also 
letting out the carbon dioxide. Bring it in and you let it out. What a radical idea. I know. <laughs> and as we get tense, we stop doing that. Yeah. We do. And sometimes it's kind of like blinking just to bring the eyepiece in. Breathing and blinking are very closely tied together. So when we get concentrating on something, we often don't blink. And it's the same thing. We stop breathing or we don't breathe as deeply as well. So they kind of go together. And when we're looking at a cell phone or at a Zoom partner, it's easy to just forget about blinking and then our eyes get dry or um, they get sore and tired. And those are good clues like, oh, maybe I'm not blinking enough. So the, the average blink is once every seven seconds, but that includes all the people who hardly ever blink at all. Um, so I suggest people try to blink every five seconds. Hmm. Okay. Once every five seconds, yeah. And that's, that's kind of fun to play with. Everybody is now, I can just imagine, everybody's just sitting there blinking away as they're listening to the radio. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, uh -huh. I can see my eyes look, you know, like they're closing. Oh my goodness. Let's open our eyes. Let's blink. So let's talk about the physiology. What do our eyes need to stay healthy? As, and then we'll get into even more details about how to stay healthy on the computer. But what, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? Uh, relaxation. Relaxation of all the muscles around the eyes and the muscles that move the eyes and the muscles that focus inside and outside so that uh, when we don't see well, it's usually or often because they've tensed up. And when they tense up, lots of things happen. One, the eyeball can change shape and become more distorted and we don't see well. Or with the tension, the nutrients are not getting to the retina, the lens, the little muscles in there, um, or even the bigger muscles around the eyes that are moving and they get tired. And um, yeah, we're aiming for free eyes that, can, that are connected with the mind. We see with the mind. So uh, if we are in a difficult mental state and we're just focused inside, we're not really looking or paying attention to outside in the same way. And you may have found this out yourself or yourselves, since actually I'm talking to a lot of people. It's so, um, we get internally focused and the external becomes less important and the eyes just don't focus as well out there. They're focusing inside. So we need to expand the vision in some manner. Is that what you're, you're saying in order for the eyes to relax? Is that? Expand. Maybe the that's vision. not the right term. The mind. How about expanding the mind? And getting the mind to pay attention to the big picture, the whole picture, the bigger container, if you like. And then the eyes are happy. They just follow the mind. The mind gets curious about, oh, the chipmunk. And, oh, look at that flag over there. Or, and it, the eyes normally just dart about happily, like children. Like we want to go back to having our eyes be like children's eyes. Total curiosity. Total curiosity of what's That's happening. Right. Curiosity. So when we're relaxed, so the tension in our own selves are, well, well, we know that affects many of our physiological functions, but in this particular case, it will create tightness in the muscles and, and all of those connective uh, tissues that we've been taught, that we're talking about. So the first thing is we're breathing, now we're blinking. Yeah. Um, now, now what? Now what? As we're in fear or in, you know, now all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing all of these things on the computer. What happens? What do we need to do? Uh, bring, bringing that information to the computer and, and Zooming and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm looking at 
you. And so rather than try to see your whole face at once or just pay attention to your whole face, I'm exploring your face with curiosity. Like, oh, well, if I was going to draw your eyes, they would be this shape and your mouth is this shape. And these uh, audio things you have on your ears are that shape, you know, like, and then you have this interesting thing behind you so that the mind is connecting with what I'm seeing. And so, that way the eyes stay free. So, okay, so we are... It's a, mentally driven. You're having a, we're having a little technical difficulty because you're freezing a little bit there. So while you're uh, unfreezing, I'm going to just talk about... Um, again the the sense of the sense of the mind is that's such a, an interesting way i don't i think that that's a new concept for many of us although we may have taken biology or have the sense that that these are organs that really have we have an, a visual center in our brains and we also have our ideas of our of of what we're thinking about and and that affects this particular organ system that we're with, with our visual, our visual mind. Would you call it that a visual mind? Well, you could. Yeah. I mean, cause the visual, the visual system, if we call it a system, then, um, the system can focus internally or externally for starters, right? We can all imagine things like we grew up, nearly everybody can has, has pictures in their mind. Not everybody does, but most of us do. And um, so with the imagination as children, we can just go in and have this wonderful fantasy or whatever it is. And then we come out and we're back to the reality. So <clears throat> the, the center can easily switch back and forth. And the trick is to let it be free and move freely, just like, you know, just if you move your arm freely, it's easy and you don't injure anything. If you move it with a jerk or with tension, it's uncomfortable for starters and it's not, it doesn't promote good health for your arm if you do it over and over and over and over. Because these things are, they have they become habitual it's about habits changing habits right so do you think even going back um to when we first went to school or learning how to read um would you say that little little ones and maybe all of us have that history of of that kind of tension of 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 how we learn to read even, or how we learn to uh, be in, in that visual world. Maybe it's different now. Is it different now with kids? Uh, or, but still, it's still the same thing for learning how to read, but they're so stimulated now with so much more electronics than, than many of us were when we were growing up. Um, how have you noticed that? Because you do work with children in your practice. What, what do we know about that and, and how we can- right. All I know is, is that reading children is rather a, um, a come, come down from watching Disney videos because Disney videos are all sparkles and magic and they have these wonderful special effects and all that kind of stuff. Whereas when you're developing, I don't know, I mean, I, this isn't really my field, but I feel like children's imaginations, they they grab onto all that sparkly stuff and it's not necessarily in the books that they're reading. So, so it's more boring. <laughs> well, and there's also in order to learn to read, I think there is, it's, it, it, there may be a more different kind of concentration and that I imagine might create some stress and tension in that visual system that we're, that we're talking about. So I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes, I think it's truth to that. Yes. It's, it's very difficult. If you think about reading, it's one of the hardest things for the visual system to do, to take these squiggles on a piece of paper and then translate them and that out. 
right? Whether you hear them or you don't hear them. Because some people hear what they read, right? And some people don't. Really? Okay. <laughs> Everybody raise your hand if you hear what you read. Oh, okay. If you don't, okay. You don't. Okay, great. We have a, a, a hearer and a, and a non-hearer here. <laughs> <laughs> if you've just tuned in, by the way, um, we are here um, with uh, Unhealthy Options on WERU Community Radio. I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're speaking with Rosemary Gadam Gordon. She's a vision therapist who has developed techniques that we can use when using computers and smartphones to prevent eye strain and improve eye health. So we have done, uh, we'll, we'll practice all of this together, but um, so now we're blinking. Now, if you've just tuned in, we have been practicing breathing. We are practicing blinking. What else? Let's talk about that again. Um, remind us again, we actually have to put the cell phone or in order to keep the neck even, we need to keep the cell phone high. Is that what you're, you're saying? Well, not up there, no. Um, not up uh, above our heads, no. No. So, like, you can if you put your elbow into your weight into your body, and you hold it there. Can you see? Yes. Oh well, we're all we're all on radio, so we'll all do this together. <laughs> we're going to put our elbows into our kind of our by our hips and between the uh, tailbone. I mean the uh, the hip bones and our and the ribs. On the ribs. Like the waist area. Yes. Yeah, and then it just sits there at about a 45 degree angle, and then you can get your thumbs going. Oh, okay. Or not. Now, what? I, use, I use speaker a lot on my uh -huh. cell phone so that I don't have to keep it up to my ear, but also um, I am using my ears more than my eyes often. Do you, is that a technique you think about or have taught? No, I haven't thought about that one. So maybe you should teach us that one. <laughs> Put your phone on speaker. <laughs> yeah. And forget the thumbs, then you can just speak into it and, uh, and then, um, you know, uh, be read to. <laughs> oh, I was talking about texting. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yes, but you could speak a text. Of course, you have to correct it later, but. <laughs> we are getting very esoteric here on our Zoom call here at Healthy Options about our, our, visual, our visual health. So now we have the cell phone at 45 degree angles, which means, and everybody notice that when you're on there, uh, when you're on the phone, your neck is, is in, you know, you're in your chest instead of uh, having a good length in your in your spine and yeah. when you hold it down there like most of us yeah that's right we we look way down and so we block off our chin is in our throat and then we can't breathe very well so the other thing that happens and you mentioned this in your visual video streaming and your eyes tip sheet that you have created, which is uh, perhaps we can uh, have a link to that if that's amenable. So people can get, can re review what we've been doing. You see that um, staring at one object, we were talking about looking at curiosity at the face, but staring into the screen is also a problem. Maybe you can explain that a little more and, and how we can practice not doing that. So staring is the opposite of having free eyes. It's kind of locking the eyes in on something. <clears throat> and often um, people talk about it as parking your eyes. So you park your eyes somewhere and then your mind can go somewhere else. So not staring is having your mind and eyes in the same place at the same time. So you're connected and present visually. And then, again, your eyes move freely because that's what they naturally do. So it's a way of um, promoting this normal vision habit where normal vision is good, you know? It's clear. <clears throat> so not staring means moving away from the screen. I, you know, sometimes when I'm on a Zoom call, 
especially if there are a lot of people, I won't even be on video. You know, I'll just, so then I'm sort of listening. I guess I am a real radio person. I'm using my ears most of the time so that I don't have to, you know, is it really important to, unless there's slides or something that you need to see, is it important to be staring at everybody who's on the screen? What, that kind of thing. Well, that, that's a whole social question, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, and I agree, you know, otherwise it'll just say one's name. You can turn off the video. But I think in a big group, that's fine. And I'll often I advise people to do that if you can, if it's not rude, and then keep the audio on, right? And then go move around. Right. Get, get up from your chair, stretch, wriggle. And I really suggest people wriggle <laughs> a lot. Move your body when you're on Zoom. Everybody. Okay. Everybody move your arms. There you go. All right. Is everybody moving now? So the not staring part, you know, when we get involved in a project, let's say you're writing something, we are just staring at the screen. How do you teach people to, to break that up? What's the, what are the, some of the techniques you recommend or reminders? Okay. So one of them is if you're looking at the, if you're typing and you touch type and you're looking at the words as they come up, right? So then you're looking at each letter or each word that comes up. So your eyes are moving. So that's good. If you're not, if you're looking down at your fingers, it's fine if you're actually, because you're looking and you're having to do hand-eye coordination stuff. It's fine as long as you stay focused the difficulty is when we let it just become fixed and we're no longer really looking at the words as they come up or no longer really connecting down here. Oh, see, that's, that's different. So when you're doing that, your eyes are then moving. So then that's that's, that the concept of keeping things moving freely is good. Okay. What about, you mentioned things about narrow vision. Is yeah. that... Is that part of the narrow vision to do that? Or? Yeah. When <laughs> you're right, when we get focused and we're doing a project, yes, we tend to narrow our peripheral field and, and then get kind of over-focused. So it's very, all very well to be watching the words, but the eyes get tired at watching them at this particular distance. So they need a break. Okay, so we'll put that aside for a minute. We'll talk about break in a minute. But while we're watching the words or watching our fingers, we need to be aware of the periphery because this will help the um, this will help to keep your focus and it'll help to keep your eyes more free. So sometimes when I'm um, when I'm reading a book, I'll move my head slightly. And that reminds me because everything then moves. Soon as you move your head, the world appears to move, right? Yes. Yes. And so that opens everything up. Hmm. So you can actually be paying attention or, um, when you're doing this or on a screen to notice if your eyes feel dry, if they feel tired, are you blinking, are you moving your head a little bit? You know, I'm just seeing to remember, and I, I don't know why today I'm really uh, getting this idea about coming back to, to, um, to learning how to read. I'm remembering there is a lot of training. Don't move your lips and don't move your head. I think that, that was terrible. That was yeah. terrible training. So everybody, yeah. undo all of that. <laughs> and if you have children, allow that free movement so that there is joy and, and movement. To, to create that peripheral vision. So that narrowing, the, the ideas of peripheral vision is so interesting. It is the idea that there is an expansion and we can actually focus on something small and wide at the same time with our physiology, can't we? Yes, except we don't usually call it focus. We like to change the words so that focus means really central vision where we have clarity and peripheral vision is less clear, but it's more, um, it's stimulated more easily by movement and very dim light. So at night, um, we see with peripheral vision if, it's, if we're dark adapted. 
and we've been out there a while. And so, you know, you're looking at a star and you can't see the star when you look at it, but if you look slightly to the side, you can see it. Have you noticed that? I have. That is yeah. so interesting, but I never thought of it as peripheral vision. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. And our eyes are just so capable of, of doing this. I think it's, it's kind of miraculous. I'm just going to have a miracle gratitude moment here <laughs> as, as we learn how to protect our eyes here on Healthy Options. <laughs> yep. I'm so grateful for my vision. It's just so, it's so enriching and nourishing colors for me, just nourish my soul, movement, animals. I love it. I love being able to see. When you were, um, now I know in the work you do, you work with people who are nearsighted and we talked about this when there's tension, the, the eyeball can change. Have you been noticing, are you able to help people not wear glasses or have less of a prescription and that kind of thing with this kind of work? Yes, I am actually. And it's really wonderful to do. And I did it with myself and seeing clearly after having years of not seeing clearly is it's like, wow, or pow, you know, it's, it's marvelous. Um, and a lot of people have been helped enormously. Some have gotten out of their glasses. Some of them have gotten a weaker prescription or don't need to wear them as much. All those kinds of things. Yeah, it's lovely. Yay. So, and it's all about what we're talking about here. So we can start practicing some of these things now, the blinking, the breathing, the being relaxed. I love the idea of moving around for, for those of us who need to move. Uh, everybody does, but some more than others. Um, there's that permission to know that you're actually helping your eyes and helping yourself by uh, moving your head when you're reading, all of the things that we're, that we're discussing. So what what is the um, what is that difference between looking near and looking far? We're talking about peripheral vision, but what about that other kind of depth perception? And I, am I using the right terms? You have to keep correcting me, and that's that's great. It's an education. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So yes, looking near and far exercises or promotes circulation and movement and change for the muscles inside the eyes as well as the muscles around the eyes. And as we know, muscles thrive with relaxed movement. I mean, that's what they love. They also need rest, and we're going to get to palming soon, but they need to be moved. And so to if we spend an hour just looking at the screen, the muscles that get the eyes to, to focus, both the internal muscles and the external muscles, get tired. It's more relaxing for the eyes to look in the distance. That's 20 feet or more away. So if you're on an intense Zoom call and you need to look in the distance, just see if you can look above your screen. So if I look over to the side, then you'd probably know that I was listening to you but not maybe as intently as if I look at it. Or, but if I look above the screen, just above my screen, you can't tell that much of a difference. But it's very restful for my eyes. And I'm seeing you peripherally. Okay. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of eye movement going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so this is a really great technique for those of you who have to do business. Yes. You know, it's not just talking to your, uh, you know, your siblings or, or your, you know, your great aunt. You, uh, this is, you have to be present, but you really do need to relax your eyes. So you're going to look at the camera and maybe over, over the top of your, uh, of your screen and no one will know and you will be doing a good service to your eyes. Right. And it brings up the thing about where you're going to place your monitor where you're going to place this camera and can you put your computer where you have a view beyond the computer so you have that opportunity a lot of people uh, i mean the, the good thing about working at home is you have options so say you're at the kitchen table and you've got your uh, laptop set it up so that you can 
see 20 feet away, like into another room or out the window or whatever it is. And that helps hugely. And it also, you're talking about 3D. Um, so 3D is seeing depth with depth. So when I look at you, I have a distinct um, experience of the plants and the world outside being behind you. And, and that also helps my brain know where this screen is, where I'm trying to focus. So let's all practice that. I know we're listening to the radio. So look above your radio right, <laughs> right now. Um, some of you actually are, could be streaming. We have apps. Um, so you could actually be having a computer involved in your radio experience now. That's a whole new concept um, for some of us. So really practice that right now. I am. I'm yeah. fortunate enough to be looking at trees, a beautiful oak tree. And so I can see that depth and I'm noticing a relaxation right away of, of my vision, of my eyes. I'm almost seeing a little more clearly even. Right. And do you breathe more too? Yes. 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 Yeah. How's that going for everyone? If you've just tuned in, by the way and want to know what we're talking about. I'm Rhonda Feynman. You're listening to the Healthy Options Program here on WERU Community Radio. Our guest today is vision therapist Rosemary Gadam-Gordon, and we're speaking about eye health and eye hygiene in the era of, I would say, lots and lots and lots of computer use, especially as we work from home and have to do all many, many things on computers that we often didn't do before. So here we are, and we're talking about some good techniques. So we're looking above 20 feet and getting the peripheral vision, and we're getting the depth vision. Now, can, some people don't have good depth of field. This still works. This is still relaxing the eyes, even if you have a vision issue. Some people have oh, yeah. vision issues. But yeah. these techniques, you don't have to have, uh, you know, you can still be working with this even with a vision uh, issue of some sort. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it doesn't make a difference. You're fine. It, it'll be relaxing. Um, you know, for some people, you can't do this when you're on Zoom, maybe. But if, you're, if it's nighttime and you can't see that oak tree or whatever, can't see out of a window, just closing your eyes and imagining something far away is also super relaxing. So that mind-eye connection again. Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. And that takes us to palming. We could play with palming here. Let's do it. All right. So with palming, it's about putting the palms of your hands over your closed eyes. And what you want to do is have support for your elbows. So do you... Do you, Rhonda, have a phone book or something there that you could put right in yes, front? Yes, I do. Cool. So if you, you want to support your elbows so that they're more or less parallel with the horizon. Okay. So do not do this if you're driving, please. No, don't do it if you're driving. Don't close if your you, eyes. If you're parked, though, you can put, it's not great, but it's better than nothing. You can put your elbows into your steering wheel. Ooh. Okay, everybody. Okay. Pull so, over. Pull over. So cup your hands, cross your fingers over. You can rub them together if you want to, but do it gently so you don't tense up your shoulders. Okay, so you're crossing your fingers, you, you're cupping your palms, and then you're placing your palms over your closed eyes, not touching your eyes. So in fact, the heel of your hands is on your cheekbones, more or less. And the reason, and you want to have this support so that your shoulders can drop, and then you can breathe. Hmm. So we're we're, we're palming now here on radio. This is uh, this is not dead air. This is us just going into an altered state of. Uh, <laughs> eye relaxation. Is everybody doing that? 
So yes. That was, yes, good. That was that was a rest for seeing it. Are you? How are you breathing? Can you breathe in this position? Okay. Um, so when we finish, I'm going to talk about more different. Sorry, more different. Other, <laughs> other ways of of palming. But right now we're sitting and we have pillows or a phone book or something so that our elbows can be more or less parallel with the horizon, with the floor. Are our eyes open or closed here? Closed. Closed okay. eyes. Closed eyes. Right. And not touching the eyes. Mm -hmm. And just automatically with your eyes closed and covered, it gets nice and dark. And your eyes don't need to do anything. So your, your physical eyes can relax. And that's a wonderful break for them. Wow, this feels so relaxing. And my whole body's relaxing. Very nice. Excellent. So hmm. notice how people are breathing more deeply. How's that going for everyone? If I may interject. <laughs> Any time. <laughs> That's just fine. And so some the thing is that we want, if possible to let the mind relax because it's since we see with the mind and it's usually the mind that gets stressed and that then stresses the eyes we want to see if we can get the mind to just let go and relax a bit so a lot of you probably are meditators and you have ways in which you help your mind to let go and rest and those kinds of techniques are wonderful to use. Just bring them to this position of covering and closing your eyes. That's one thing. Now, another thing is to imagine that you're in a relaxing place, a place that you know is generally a place where you can just let, let down, breathe and I tend to go to the beach some people go to the hills or a lake or the woods and just pretend that you're you don't watch yourself walking or sitting but be there be inside your body move with your sense just imagine your body moving Kind of feel it. And then when you're ready, bring in sounds, like what sounds would be there. And you can make some of it up. You don't have to remember it perfectly or anything. And then allowing your eyes to be free to just explore this place. Maybe there are birds, maybe there's mo movement of some kind, since the eyes love movement. The mind is always intrigued by movement. And maybe you can even sense your eyes resting, or they sometimes they even move. Like if I imagine a bird and I'm following the bird, I'll notice that my eyes actually move a little bit following the bird. It's so interesting, which is why we don't want to be touching the eyes. We want them to be free to move. And the smells of this place. And notice how you're breathing now. Hmm. And very gently, when you're ready, keep your eyes closed, but take your hands slowly away. So you don't dazzle your eyes after resting them. And it may take a little bit to let your eyes get used to the light again. And take your time. Just listen to your eyes. So our eyes, eyes are still closed here in this, yep, this time. That's right. And when you're ready and your eyes have adapted through the closed lids to the light, take a breath. And as you breathe out, blink open, 
just letting your eyes be free to explore and sensing the relaxation in your body. And notice what that's like. Woo. Well, okay. I think that there's a, a great deal of relaxation going on here. Hmm. That's good. Woo. It's nice for me too. <laughs> so we're all rolling. That. That's palming. And how often do you do that? Well, ideally you do it anytime your eyes feel tired or stressed. Or even if you feel tired and stressed, it helps one. It helps to do, like I do it before I nap or when I go to sleep, that kind of thing. That's nice. Mm. Yes. Help you stay relaxed. Yep. And people, you know, people ask about using an eye mask. And there are eye masks that touch your eyes and there are others that are kind of like padded bras, you know, and they, so that you, <laughs> so you can actually move your eyes underneath. I would suggest you get that kind. Oh, something. Oh, that's uh, that has a little cup of some sort. So that's you're not, right. if you just tuned in and, uh, or you just came in in the middle of your palming exercise, you are tuned to WERU Community Radio. This is the Healthy Options Program. I'm Rhonda Feynman. We're talking with Rosemary Gadam Gordon. She is a vision therapist and teaches people how to improve their vision. And as we know, it's especially important right now in this age of screen dependency. And we have just been palming. We've just had this great experience. Woo. Wow. I don't even think I can. Uh, I, I can't continue, Rosemary. This is it. <laughs> Tell us what else we need to know. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's talk about what you can do when you're in the big meeting and you turn your video off, right? <laughs> because you can't believe what that person just said and you don't want them to see your face. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also do this when you're doing lots of typing or something like that and you able to get up and take a break, which I hope you do at least every 20 minutes. So what, what's a good idea to do? And those of you who do Tai Chi, and I think even Qigong, there's a swing movement that you do where you just, you, your feet are on the floor about shoulder width apart, and you move your hips, your pelvis from one side to the other, and your arms follow and they kind of flop and you can make it big and kind of go all the way behind you or not. And you just let the world move. You're not trying to see, but you notice what you are seeing. So it just goes by. You're swinging the world. And it's very restful. And Rhonda, if she looks at me, can see my eyes making little movements. Mm. And they're called saccadic eye movements. I can see that. Yeah, it's like when you're in a train or a bus and, and the, it moves and the person across you is looking out of the window and the eyes go, dum, 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 dum. yeah, it's called a saccadic eye movement. And to, for that to occur in a really free way, the eyes need to relax. And so this is a way... So we haven't talked about saccadic eye movement. It's the other thing that's really important about seeing. We've talked about central vision and peripheral vision. So their partners are centralizing, right, and focusing. And then this peripheral awareness. The other piece is a saccadic eye movement. And when we're born, we come in doing these movements. They're an unconditioned reflexive movement. And... <clears throat> When we jump with the eyes from one thing to another, we're doing one of those movements. When we follow the bird, we're doing a different kind of movement. And that following movement is a learned movement. And it's something that I hope all parents teach their children by getting them to play ball and catch 
and all those kinds of things because it's a, it's we have to learn it. I mean, some people are better at it naturally, but everyone can learn it. So, but we're putting that aside because it doesn't really have too much with computer use. Um, but this saccadic eye movement does. And it's how, if you watch somebody reading, their eyes are going from one word to the next word or one letter to the next word, and it's all Whereas if their vision isn't very good, it's a very slow, more jerky movement. And we want it to be quick and easy and flowing. And so when we do this swinging, we are promoting the saccadic eye movement. And as you do it, if you did it for, say, five minutes, someone watching you would notice that it gets more and more fluid and smoother and easy. So the eyes are, I'm, I'm trying to, to differentiate between the following and then that. The jumping. The jumping. So the jumping gets easier? Yep. Well, both get easier when we practice. Let's see, let's back up. We, we're born able to do the saccadic eye movement, right? Okay. Okay. But the smooth pursuit movement, which is what following is, is a learned. Oh, okay. 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 Got it. So when we're doing, now what you're describing, and I do practice and teach some Qigong and Tai Chi, um, oh. there's something called Wuji, W-U-J-I, and it's, 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 an, it's called emptiness. And it's exactly what you're describing, where we, we're actually um, allowing all the meridians and allowing our body to move. We, we have our hands maybe above and below the belly button, but the idea is that we're moving and sometimes our feet come up and they don't, and we are moving the head. And I think we are practicing exactly what you're talking about, amongst other things. And one of my teachers who's been doing this, you know, for 70 years, you know, one of the, uh, a great master will say, this is all you need. You know, there are many, many, many different movements. But if you just did this, this emptiness, you just did this movement, you would be re restoring your organs and your whole physiological and emotional self. So here we are. And from a different point of view, learning the, the exact same thing. So our eyes, what happens to the, the, that movement, that little jerky movement should smooth down? Is that what you're saying? No, no, there's no shoulds. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yes. But, no, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> the movements get smaller and smaller. People who have good vision, their saccadic eye movements are quite small and fine, refined if we like. And, and there's not, you, can't, you don't want to be trying to do this. It has to just, you have to be empty. Wooji. Right, Wooji. <laughs> and, and it's like you're the video camera, and the video camera doesn't care. You know, it's just taking it in. And then you move, and you've got a different view, and there it is, and there it is, and there it is. And we're empty, just receiving, just taking in what's here, which is how we want to see, right? We don't, we want to see reality and more than our, our kind of projections onto things anyway. And when we're empty, um, it's good that you're another thing you can do to help with. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's okay. We just lost that last thing you just said when we're empty because you froze, but now oh. you're unfrozen. Yes. When we're empty, we can just take it all in and allow it to be real. It's just real. And then, Rhonda, by the way, everybody on the radio, Rhonda and I are doing all these hand movements. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I wish you could see, because it's one of the ways that we communicate is through our hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's it zoom radio but you're included i bet you're all moving your hands too so I hope so. so that whole emptiness you were going to say we're taking it in and already so i have my hands by my eyes as if i'm a video camera the old-fashioned ones the bigger ones not just our uh, our iphones or uh, our 
smartphones. Yeah. So we're moving it around, just taking it in and already practice that everyone just bring your hands up and see how that smooths and relaxes the, the movement of our eyes. And it's not about purposefully jumping from this plant to that plant, to the other plant, to the window, to the plant, to the plant. It's just letting it all be like a movie. You know how in a movie they'll do, um, they'll, they'll like pan a scene. And it's just that, just pan, just pan, just scan, I guess is another word to use. Scan the scene. And what really even enhances this, you're doing Wuji, right? And you've been letting <laughs> that emptiness, everything moves as you do this. And then close your eyes. So then you have to be grounded with your legs and imagine it. Remember as best you can what you would be seeing if your eyes were open. And this enhances it enormously for vision. So the thing about Wuji is you don't want to be practiced. Oh, well, I got to, I'm going to close my eyes and I got to make sure I can see it. See it or I remember it, right? So we're, we're wanting to just be empty and then, okay, well, whatever I do remember, oh, all those greens and they're all moving and this is really helpful. So this is when you turn your camera off on a Zoom call or when you're taking a break from your writing or your computer work. Just get up and do Wuji. <laughs> the emptiness, the moving of the body. Yes. And, and the scanning and panning, but without, with the receiving mind. Re they're very good, receiving mind. And I'm loving this idea of closing your eyes and having your imagination. So imagining the scene, imagining what you've just seen or, or what, when we did the palming and that was um, the, uh, the, the closing of the eyes and putting the palms um, with resting on a, on a nice um, cushion of some sort or a, a flat surface to keep your, your, your hands, uh, your shoulders relaxed. When we're doing all of that, we are also envisioning and the imagination, the, the, the idea again of vision really coming from the mind and yes. of course a functioning organ if we're, if we're fortunate and uh, able to have that. Um, Correct. Yes. Um, the mind is, is still, needing to be is always involved in this no matter it what is. we think it, it is ha <laughs> it is and and when we don't have the mind involved we don't see as well so the more stressed we are the more fearful or whatever kind of emotion a strong emotion that would come in that would well we know i think everyone has a sense of what that is like in our bodies when you're afraid or scared or um, stressed out, then not only do we think about or our joyful. Joy or joyful or joyful, but that's right. Um, well, if you're joyful and more relaxed, does that enhance? Well, I don't know. You know, my mother always told this story about how she'd just gotten engaged to my father and she was driving London and she went oh, you, you're freezing. My, you're and this freezing. car pulled her over, right? Hold on. You, you, wait. Oh. We, we lost you a little okay. bit because you were, so you were, your mother just got engaged and she was speeding down the road. Is that what I heard? Yeah, in London, central London, just going, because she's so happy. <laughs> anyway, the cop, the cop said, you're, you're going too fast, you know? And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I just got engaged. You know? <laughs> And he said, okay, well, never mind, just slow down. <laughs> Congratulations. I know, I know. <laughs> That's a great story. And we do know that in, in Chinese medicine, too, that too much joy is actually can, uh, can damage things. So be, be, be you know, mindful of, uh, of, of moderation in all things. Oh, no. So really. But um, so the mind the stress reduction, all of this, you know, it's interesting that we can calm the whole body and then that whole physiological sense just by doing the, these exercises through our, the eyes, the vision training that you're talking about. Yes. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yeah. 
So, and, and it might be true, you know, some people sing to relax. So I think that whatever helps us to relax is going to help us to relax. I don't know another way to see it. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? We forgot to talk about other ways to palm. Oh, let's do that. We have, oh, about four minutes left or so. So All right. And people can go to my website where there's all kinds of information like that too. What is that website? Just It's uh, visioneducators.com. And we'll have that posted as well, visioneducators.com. Yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead. Tell it. We're talking about different ways of palming now with uh, Rosemary Gadam Gordon here on Healthy Options. Okay. So another way is to lie down on the floor or a bed. It's quite difficult to describe on this. But anyway, um, and you put, and you don't have a pillow, and you put a belt around your upper arms so your elbows are held together and then you can stay there for a long time it's actually your upper arms are particular to gravity and so they perpendicular. just perpendicular yeah at right angles to gravity so that they just stay there they don't get because if you try lying down and palming without the belt i mean you can you know it's fine it's good and it's often a nice way to relax, especially if you have back issues and stuff. But you can stay there much longer if you have this belt gently around your upper, your, right above your elbows, in fact. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? Did I describe it well enough? I think yet? you did. If anyone has ever done <laughs> yoga, you know, any, sometimes uh -huh. we've used Iyengar yoga, we've used belts in that way. But yeah. Something just to, and it, it, it's so that you don't have to be using muscular tension of any sort. Right. And your shoulders can relax. Mm. So, yes, let's try that again. Yes. That's and good. Then, and the last one is, whoops, nearly run out of time, is put a, if you have a pillow under your head, then you get a bigger pillow and you put it like on your chest kind of into your armpits almost, supporting again your upper arms from underneath, and you can lie there, and I, I've fallen asleep like that. Ooh, you know, that's like, nice. So you're still in that position where your elbows are straight up. Yes. But, yeah. And then you your hands are, are, are crossed, your fingers are crossed, and then that palm, the empty palm, is over your eyes, your closed eyes, and you just allow, just breathe right. gently. Yep. And, and pretend you're in a beautiful place. Your favorite place. So maybe we can sum things up. I think, what did we talk about? Some good computer health <laughs> for vision. We, we're blinking, we're breathing. What else? Just really. Changing length of focus. Being curious about what's on the screen so we don't stare, so that you look at all the different parts of the person's face, that kind of thing. Um, keep the peripheral vision. Stay aware of the periphery. And move your head a little. Move. Wriggle about a little bit so you don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. And I think that's actually a good parting word. I think that's great. Um, so our guest on Healthy Options today, thank you so much, Rosemary Gadam Gordon. We could now we're just, uh, we could just keep continuing to learn all of these techniques, which you can by going um, to the website of uh, visioneducators.com. But anyway, thank you, Rosemary Gadam Gordon. Thank you for being here once again on Healthy Options, sharing your wisdom and experience to help us keep our eyes as healthy as we can in the screen-dependent world. And again, for more information, the website is visioneducators.com. We'll have a link to this program and to other information that was mentioned when we post the show in the public affairs archives at weru.org. In the meantime, if you missed any part of this program or would like to share it, please go to weru.org to find our recent programs on demand. Thanks to Joel Mann for engineering assistance, to Petra Hall for production assistance, and as always, thanks to all of our WERU listeners and supporters Please do support community radio and all the public affairs programming here on WERU. This is Rhonda Feynman wishing you the best in health.